0: It's our privilege to make these messages available to you. We pray that the Word of God will richly bless you. Let's get it right into the Word, knowing that God will speak into our lives today.
1: Hello, everybody. Good morning. Wow, this is a a living church. you got a lifer in here. I like it. I like it. Hallelujah. Well, uh, uh, let me just deal with something here, because uh, um, I used to be a character on a television show called the Gospel Bill Show. Yeah. A few of you know, I played a character named Nicodemus. The Gospel Bill show was quite a phenomenon back in the 80s and 90s. Anybody remember the 80s and 90s? Yeah. Uh, we, we began that program. I began working with Willie George in 1982, and he's a little bitty ministry, and he had in his heart to do a TV show for kids. Now, I, I got to be honest, I never really knew that was coming. My ministry has been very odd and different than anybody's because we did children's ministry, and I dressed up like a cowboy, which is really kind of cool, because when I was a little boy, I always wanted to be a cowboy, because I'm from Texas, the panhandle. and um, But we began to do that program, and, and our, our whole deal was teaching the word of faith to kids. And we got kids saved and filled with the Holy Ghost, and that program went, went around the world. Now, I've done a couple of missions trips. I'm not necessarily a missionary. Trudy and I did go to Zimbabwe in June and spent a week there, and and uh, but, but I think I've probably been in more countries than just about anybody because the program went around the world and literally reached millions of little kids for Jesus Christ. Everywhere I go, I meet people now. And I, here's the thing about little kids. I'll give you a revelation. They all grow up and turn into real people. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't kill them while they're growing up. You know what I mean? Uh, and, but what they get for Jesus when they're little is a foundation for the rest of their life ideally that's the best way for it to work and i'm going to talk about that this morning but you know i it's amazing to me as everywhere i go people know me in fact the show's still on and reruns and i was preaching not too long ago when i I was coming down off the platform i got done and there's a little boy standing there looking at me probably seven years old he's looking at me like this frowning i said how you doing he said are you nicodemus I said, yeah. He said, you look old in person. <laughs> That's what he told me. I said, shut up, kid. No, I didn't say that. I love children. <laughs> but Trudy and I have been married. We, we, we got it up on you guys. We've been married August 28th, 44 years. And uh, we didn't start out real good. She was 17. I was 19. We loved each other because when my wife was young, she still is. She was very hot back in those days. You know what I mean? And, uh, and I loved her and I, and I wanted to, to do the right thing, but our problem was we didn't know Jesus and marriage is not designed to be just two people. Tonight, we're going to talk about marriage. We're going to get into some principles, and we're going to help you tonight. I think we're going to share some things, not only from the Word, but some practical things that will set you free in your marriage. Because, see, here's the deal. The devil hates your marriage, and he hates your family, because marriage and raising kids is a foundation of everything in life. The Bible started with the marriage, but the Bible also ends with the marriage, the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then there's family all, all in the middle of the whole Bible, you know. It's all about, it's a family book. The church, we're not an institution, you understand that? You're my brothers and sisters. You've got to like me. I am your relations this morning, right? But we started out, and, and we've been, we loved each other. We are about to kill each other in the first few months. 17, 19, we don't know much, but we met Jesus. Your pastor preached a masterful sermon Tuesday night. At uh, mark brazie's missions conference, that was awesome man, and he talked about you always got to come back to where you started with jesus and and uh and how that uh th- that's what the apostle Paul did. he kept telling his testimony, and you know you, you always have to go back to where you began and and I tell you when I met Jesus, it changed my life see Trudy and i we, we didn't know the Lord when we got married i'd gone to church she'd gone to church, but neither one of us really knew the lord and uh but one day some well, it's a long story. She cried out to God. We had a big fight one night, and the next day, the next day, somebody showed up on our door. I was at work and told her about the real Jesus, that the, the Jesus that did the miracles back in the Bible, he still lives, hallelujah, and he wants to save you and then fill you with the Holy Spirit, and so that afternoon, she got saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, and then she spoke in tongues for about four hours before I got home that night. Now, I'm walking into a hornet's nest. Do you understand? Because <laughs> she had cried out to God and wanted to know if God was real, but I haven't done that. And she tells me all about this. I'll never forget it. She said, I got saved. And I'd heard about that. I, I was kind of Baptist, you know. But then she said, and then I got, I got filled with the Spirit, and, and I didn't know what that was. And she said, I can speak in another language. And I thought, really? And then she said this. These are mortal words. She said, you want to hear me? <laughs> <laughs> So I said, oh, okay. She said, okay, follow me. Now, I don't know why she did it this way. She didn't know anything. It just seemed right. We go in the bedroom, and she tells me, kneel down beside the bed. I say, yes, ma'am. And uh, then she flipped the light off, Pastor Rusty. Turn the light off like it's going to be more holy in the dark. I don't know why she did that. Then she comes over and kneels beside me, and she starts praying in English, and then she starts praying in this language, and I'm going, oh, my God, what in the world? And I listen to that, and it freaked me out, and I thought, that is weird, but I got to tell you, I knew she was not making that up. There was something about that that was real, and then she gets done, and she flips the light on, and she says, what do you think? I said, you're really good at that. Wow. She said, are you ready? I said, for what, supper? I Said no, no. You can have this. You can be saved and filled with the Spirit. So are you? I pray with you right now. And I said no, 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 no. And I was running, but I was, I, was, I watched her, and something happened in her life. She was transformed. So you got to go back to where you began. And I and it and, and I was and she and it was real to her. She would read the Bible like she enjoyed it. And, uh, and then she did something very sneaky. She began to lay... I, would, I, didn't, I know she was doing this. She would lay her hands on my back at night when I'm asleep. And I'm on the road to alcoholism, okay? So I slept pretty good. I drank every night. 19 years old. I was on the road to alcoholism. I was messed up. But she would pray for me. And she would pray in the Spirit. Because you see, when you pray in the Spirit, you're not just... That's not just jibber-jabber. The Bible said when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're talking to God. Sam Carr said that this week. Remember that? Think about that. You are talking, you're praying a perfect prayer because God knew exactly what I needed. And that released God to begin to mess with my life. Yeah. You know, if you've got a spouse that's not serving God, just begin to pray for them. What do I pray, Brother Kim? Pray in the Spirit because God knows what they need. God knew what I needed. And God, two particular times, He showed up in my life, His presence. One day I'm working in the grocery store. And the presence of God comes down on me when I'm trimming lettuce. And it, I didn't know what it was. Well, I just sensed Jesus loved me. And I begin to weep right there in the grocery store. I thought, am I losing my mind? And, and a guy, one of my coworkers walked back and looked at me, and then he went, ooh, this guy's having a moment left. And then the next time, I'm driving to the liquor store. Driving to the liquor store. Because we lived in a dry county, and you had to drive to the wet county, okay? Texas. And... Uh, and I'm driving to the liquor store, and that presence came in my car that day. And I heard the Lord say this, not, not here, here, but I heard Jesus say this to me, I love you just like you are. I want to help you. And he reminded me of a story. Uh, this came out of nowhere. I remembered when I was 11 years old, I was sitting in a Baptist Sunday school class with a group of little boys, probably four or five, and our teacher was a farmer. And he made this statement. He said, boys, prayer is talking to God. And you don't have to be in church to talk to God because God's everywhere. Amen. I talk to God when I'm on my tractor and, 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 or when I'm driving in my pickup truck. If you ever get into trouble, he said, call out to God. Those words came back to me from the time I was a little bitty boy. I'm going to talk about kids this morning and how important it is that they have the word in them, planted in them when they're young. But those words came back. And then the Lord Jesus said, I love you. Why don't you call out to me? I want to help you. And a couple of days later, I met him in the living room of our little apartment. And I got saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. And God began to heal our marriage. We began to learn about that. And we, we, it was so, you know, powerful. Here's what you want to do when you really get saved. You want to go tell people about it, right? But the people you want to tell first are your family members. Why is that? There's something about blood family that's, a, that's ordained of God. See, you may be the only salvation that your family's going to see. I'm sure, you, you know, we've all got rene- renegade families. Somewhere along the line, you know, something's in the woodpile. Something happened in your family. This is just the way it works. But God wants to redeem families. And I believe in this last days, Malachi chapter 4 talks about this, verses 5 and 6. In the last days, there's going to be a move of God for the family. So what it says, it talks about that. I won't won't get into that this morning. That's not where I'm going. But I believe we're going to see families restored and solidified. And that's going to be a lot of the revival that we're going to see happen in the earth. I believe a move of God's coming. But that move of God has to first start in your house. If you're going to be as effective as you need to be, you need to to begin to do some things. You need to begin to act on the word, And that's what we're doing this weekend. Uh, Tonight, we're really going to get into some marriage. I said that. This morning, I'm going to talk about some other things. In fact, uh, here's my title. We're going to talk about three common fallacies that people have about kids. Three common fallacies, and, and Pastor mentioned this, so let me just deal with this right now. We have a lot of uh, product out on the table that uh, we, we, uh, we not only travel primarily across the United States, but we produce a lot of resources. That And I like the way you said that. You can take Trudy and I home with you after the service today. Now, if you feed us good, we'll literally go home with you. But I mean, you can, you know, it's one thing to hear about this once, but, but you need to feed on these truths. And some of the things we have on, out on our table, let me talk about them. This one's called devil-proofing your children. Because see, the, the enemy hates families, man, and he hates your kids, and he wants to get them off when they're young. We've also got one called devil-proofing your, uh, your marriage. And what happened in the Garden of Eden was God created this man and this woman, put them in a wonderful place to live, all their needs met, they're walking with God, but, and they had one command. And guess what? The devil came to attack that one thing that God had told him to do, and he was successful, and he brought mankind down, right? But Jesus came to bring us back to the original Garden of Eden, if we'll act on the Word. So there's some things you need to learn about marriage and training kids. This one's called a parent company. Uh, and this is all about parenting little kids. We've also got one for teenagers. And uh, in this, we talk about some very... Uh, Trudy and I get into some, t- some of the Hebrew language things because in the, the, uh, the Hebrew, the original language of the Bible, there's wonderful truths and revelations. But then we get into practical things. Like one of the teachings we have on this is how to biblically spank your child according to the Bible. There's a biblical way. It's not, uh, it can be child abuse... But there's a bit, spanking is in the Bible when it's done properly, right? And, and you never do it when you're mad. For instance, I, I knew a preacher that knew this, and he had five kids. And sometimes those kids would make him so angry. How many parents your kids ever made you a little bit angry? Yeah, be honest with me. So, but he knew that the rod, the Bible says the rod of your anger will fail. In other words, when you spank them when you're angry, you're going to do something dumb. So you need to relax and chill and spank them, not, you know, when everything's, when you're cool. But, so, but they would make him angry, so he would need some time to settle down. So he played the piano. He'd go and, be, go and begin to play the piano. But his kids knew, Dad's playing the piano. Somebody's about to get it. <laughs> So we biblically go through how to do that. There's steps that you need to follow. You don't you don't hit them in the face. You know God made a place to be spanked. It's it's right in the middle of the back of the back part, right here. It's 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 an easy target. You don't use your hand. You use a rod. You use an implement because your hand is used to love your children with, right? So anyway, there's something. Um, you can connect with us on. Uh, Uh, we're on facebook. We're on twitter. We also have an app ken blunt ministries pick up one of our cards Uh, another thing that we do and i'm going to Play one of these later, but one of the things our ministry does very unique We produce praise and worship music for little bitty kids And this is twofold Uh, we've got a number of projects. We're working on a brand new lullaby project And this is going to be great These are word songs because we put the word of god in our music. It's very important but uh this lullaby project is made for mamas and their little bitty babies. They're all really laid-back songs, full of the Word. But they're also designed to play in the church nursery. And then our DVDs are designed for not only for you to use at home with your kids and your grandchildren, but also churches all across America, even right now, they're singing our songs all, over, all around America using the DVDs. So anyway, uh, those are all available. Got a lot of product back there that will bless you. This one's called uh, Blending a Family. And we deal with this uh, on blended family issues, such as you've been married before you got married again. Now you, you have some unique issues. And this really affects all of us. Somehow in your family, you have some kind of blended issue. I, I was telling pastor before we came, came out, my mom is uh, going to be 82 in the spring. Well, my mom and dad were married over 50 years. And he went to heaven about nine years ago. It's been a while now. Uh, and, 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 so my mom calls us probably three or four years after this happened. And she said, I just want you to know, son, that I have a boyfriend now. <laughs> really mom? That's kind of strange to deal with when, you know, they've been married that long and, and I'm the, I'm the oldest son. So, you know, I, I believe I'm supposed to take care of my mom. I believe that's biblical as she gets older. And so, uh, I, I, I have to go meet her boyfriend now. This is strange because, you know, now it's, it's like a role reversal now I'm, I'm i'm still her son but now i'm like her father figure and i have to check out this guy and make sure his intentions are right and uh so we have a discussion but here's where i drew the line i did not talk to that man about sex no i'm not doing that but uh, we did have this discussion and uh you know, and, and, and this guy's so different. My dad was real quiet, West Texas farmer, stoic. And this guy just talks all the time, and he's real uh, vibrant. But it's so funny, my mom, it's like she's blossomed in life. Do you know, was it last year? For the first time, she sang a special in her little Baptist church at 81 years old. It's like she's just living life. And and it's, oh my, it's it's so weird to do it. But anyway. Uh, <laughs> Check out our project, our, our products. Let's pray. We'll get into the Word. Father, we thank you today. I just love the spirit of this church, I can tell. The life that's here. And Lord, we ask you to use this today by the Holy Spirit to, to help people. Lord, reveal things to us today so that we can solidify, be all you called us to be, so we can affect the world for Jesus Christ in this time in which we live. And we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to talk about kids this morning. Three common fallacies about children that... Christians need to understand. Really, everybody needs to understand. But, you know, um, as I said, ministry to children is very underrated and underestimated. Because you see kids and they're just, you know, they don't seem very spiritual. You ever notice that? (laughs) And they do these little things. I was in a church preaching one time and I got done and I was walking around back at the back around the product table. And there were these two little boys standing there. And they were about, were they three years old? I think they were. This has been a while back three or four, and, and one of them's got on, it was in Louisiana, one of them's got on a straw cowboy hat. So I walked up to them, and they were so cute, and I, I like little boys. And I said, how y'all doing? And they go, fine. I asked one, what's your name? He told me, and the next little boy with the cowboy hat, I said, what's your name? I, he said, Eli, Eli. I said, Eli, that's a cool name. I said, you know, that reminds me of a song. Now, some of you, I don't know if you'll remember this song. It goes back a long, long way, but it's a song by Three Dog Night. Thank you. Called Eli's coming. Anybody remember this song? So we're standing there, and I'm kind of goofy. So I just begin singing, "Eli's coming" to these little boys. I start, "Eli's coming, Eli's coming, Eli's a coming. Girl, you better hide your heart,
2: your lovely heart."
1: That's Eli's coming. So I'm, you know, and I'm just, doing, and these little boys are just looking at me like this, like this is a weird guy, and. Uh, and then I said, well, I've got to go. And I took it about two steps away, and I hear Eli say, well, that was retarded. <laughs> and that's his kids, you know. So a lot of people think, well, they, they, kids can't get spiritual. And, uh, uh, and, it's you know, it's funny because the, the ministry we did to children, you could tell, because I've been around a long time, and you could tell sometimes we'd meet people and, and we'd you know, tell them what we did, or people knew me as Nicodemus, and they would say kind of funny things. Like one time I was introduced at a church, I was speaking there, and the pastor said, you remember this guy? He was the dumb guy on the Gospel Bill show. <laughs> and I could get offended at that, you know. But here's what I decided to do. I thought, well, you know, I was an actor. I act. that was my part. And I must have been a very good actor because I convinced this guy that's the way I really was. <laughs> always look at it positively, right? But children are very important to the church fulfilling its assignment. This is something we all need to understand. You know, I read these surveys, and you see these on the Internet. Uh, I found one not too long ago, and it talked about the top three reasons people choose a church. It's very revealing, and and I'm going to give them to you this morning. Number one, people, here's the number one reason they said they went to a church to look for a church. Doctrine and truth. Now, that blessed me. That tells me people, you know, because a lot of churches preaching a lot of things in our time, right? All sorts of doctrine going on. But people really in their heart, if you're a Christian, you want the truth. The number two reason people choose a church is the children's and nursery classes. It's very important. And then number three is the pastor. Those are the big three. But kids are very important. Uh, There's a man that I know that I read after that's a very smart man. He's like an uh, apologist, Christian apologist, brilliant man named Ravi Zacharias. You ever heard of him? And he made this statement, and I like this. I'm going to quote him. He said, if you want to get to someone's heart when you witness to them, ask them about their kids. Because if you have children or grandchildren, kids are very important. So I'm going to give you three things this morning. We won't take a lot of time here. But three common fallacies that we need to understand as Christians about children. Number one, common fallacy. Number one, why do my kids have issues? I dedicated them to the Lord when they were little. Why are they having issues? You know, I, let me just say this. Uh, I, I believe in baby dedications. I think that's wonderful. I bet this church does baby dedications, where the parents bring their little babies and you dedicate them. uh, You make a big deal about from from this day forward, I dedicate this baby to Jesus. But it says that's a twofold dedication. That doesn't mean that baby got saved. You understand that? Because you have to have an understanding if you really get saved. But number two, really, the most important thing about that dedication is not the baby. It's the parents. It's a parent's dedication. See, because uh, it's more than just you praying one time over your children and turning them over to the Lord. That's a common term. And I don't have anything wrong with that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. You need to pray over your children. You need to trust God to work in their lives. But you just can't do that, and then everything's going to be all right. You don't just turn your kids over to Jesus. He don't want them. That's why he gave them to you. (laughs) You understand, he does want them. But he, 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 you are a steward of their life as a parent and then as a grandparent. Now, the church is called to help you do this. But the church is not the primary discipler of our children. We have to understand that. The primary discipler of the, of the children is parents and then grandparents get to help too. I say I'm a grandparent now. I have two children and then with that we have five grandchildren. And I love my grandchildren a lot more than my kids. No, I like them all, but do you understand. I love these grandchildren; they are awesome. Uh, but but that's why you need to come to church. The church helps you train your children, but doesn't do it for you. Now turn to Proverbs twenty-two six. Let me give you a, a scripture here. He said, "Brother Ken, this won't help me. I, you know, I'm I'm am not a parent. I, but but everybody needs a revelation of this. Amen." Proverbs twenty-two six says this: it says, "Train up." Now stop right there. Train. This, it is implied, we could throw a you in here. You train. Who's a trainer? Is God? Yeah, God wants to bless your children, but you're the one that brings God to your children. You with me? Train up a child. To train means to initiate. It means to be proactive as you do this. We have to be proactive, especially in our time, because there's all sorts of ideas about God out there. Did you know that? We're living in those perilous times that the Bible talked about. Jesus is coming back quickly. I really believe that. But, but see, we're to train them. We're to be proactive. And that word means to initiate. It means also to narrow and to discipline. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I think some reason parents don't, don't talk to their kids about God in the Bible is they feel kind of unqualified. But I want you to know there is an anointing on you to be a parent when you get kids, yeah. if you'll draw on it. Yeah. And here's one of the best ways to train children. You might want to write this down. One of the best ways you can do, and anybody can do this, to train them is to answer their questions. You know, one of part of Jesus' ministry. You study. He did preach and he taught, and he healed the sick. That's the big three of his ministry. But you go through the Bible. There's a lot of times in the Gospels when people ask him questions. Didn't they? Remember that? And then he would answer their questions. One time we were in a uh, we were in Fort Worth, and we were doing a meeting there, and. Uh, Uh, We used to do these big camp meetings that Brother Hagen had back in the 80s. Kenneth Copeland, we did his camp meeting. I think this was at one of his camp meetings. And we would do the children's services as our characters with those big conventions. I mean, we would have as many as, I remember we had 1,200, 1,300 kids in Tulsa at the night services back in the 80s. That's a lot of kids in one room. And then we would also have, we did this for a while. We did another class with three to five-year-olds. And we would have as many as 300 three- to five-year-olds in one room. We learned there's a better way to do that. That's hard to do, man. But anyway, we were doing that, and we were in Fort Worth, and, and Trudy and the kids went with me as much as they could. They were with me. And there was a man there. We had lived there in the early 70s when we were very young, just met Jesus. And we went to this church, and I played drums and sang in a band that they had there at the church back in the early days of praise and worship. And there was a man that, uh, named Mr. Dupuy, W.A. Dupuy, who was a French Cajun man, big old burly guy with white hair in his 70s, and he had a heart condition. And so they had asked me to go to the hospital and pray for Brother Dupuis. Well, God healed him. It was awesome. And so he liked me, and of course I liked him. So he heard I was in town. He called me up at the hotel and said, Brother, can I hear you in town? I said, Yeah. He said, I'd like to take you and your family out to eat. I said, okay. He said, I'd like to take you to a real nice lobster restaurant. I said, yeah, I think we can work that our schedule." <laughs> so we met him at this really nice restaurant. And, and our kids at that time, Josh was four, Brooke was uh, uh, eight. So we walk in the restaurant, and there's a tank of lobster. You know how that is when you walk in. And so Josh is four. He begins to ask questions. And he says, hey, Dad, are there's lobsters in this tank. He said, hey, Dad, why they had that rubber band on that claw?" He said, hey, Dad, if they took that rubber band off and I stuck my finger in there, would that would that lobster bite my finger? Hey, Dad, is it, would it hurt really bad if he bit my finger, finger? And he's asking me all these questions. And I'm trying, he said, yes, son, okay. And I'm trying to talk to Mr. Dupuis and be nice to him because he's buying me lobster dinner. <laughs> and Josh just, and so we sat down, we got to our table, and he's just asking questions. Hey dad, hey dad, when are they gonna bring the lobster? Hey dad, can I order lobster? Hey dad, when it comes, how do I get it out of that shell? Hey dad, hey dad, hey dad, have the salt get in the salt shaker. Hey dad, is that pepper right there? Hey dad, is this a fork and not? I, I mean, just questions. <laughs> and so I'm trying to talk to Mr. Dupuis, and I'm saying, son, chill, cool, like, you know, and Mr. Dupuis, he's in his seventies, he's grinning. Not saying a word, just grin. And he said, That boy asks a lot of questions. I said, are you kidding? He said, does this all the time? He said, can I help you? I said, yes, sir. How many know you need to listen to people that are older? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you know why I ask questions? I said, well, what do you mean? He said, he, he asks questions because he's hungry to learn. And he wants to learn more than anybody else from his daddy. I'll never forget this. He said, as this boy grows up, take time to answer his questions. If you don't, he may grow up and be stupid. Did you get that revelation? (laughs) See, kids, kids, uh, they need to be trained in our time. Hallelujah. Number two, here's the the second uh, uh, misunderstanding. Kids are too little to understand the Bible. Got to understand this about little kids. The word of God can speak to them on the level of their age. Look in Mark chapter 10, verse 15. Jesus said an astounding thing. We pass over some of these things. But I want us to zero in on what this says this morning. This is when Jesus was ministering to children, and his disciples, his very disciples didn't get it. (laughs) Remember this story? And his disciples were saying, get these kids out of here. Jesus does not have time for kids. This is Jesus. I mean, we're talking about a big-time ministry here, okay? He's going to be teaching this afternoon uh, in, in the synagogue. He's got a healing rally tonight on the Sea of Galilee. He does not have time for kids, and it made Jesus mad. And he said, no, 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 no. You bring these little children unto me. And then he said, look at verse 15. Makes a powerful statement. Verily I say unto you, whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child shall not enter therein. That's talking about what is receiving the kingdom of God? Getting saved. And Jesus said the way you get saved, you don't come because of your pedigree, because of your big name. You don't come to me like this. Here's the way you come. You come as a child believing What's he saying? Children are eligible to receive the kingdom. Your little kids can get saved. That's the ideal time. Now, if you waited till you're 20 or 30 or 40, great, praise God. In fact, let me read you this stat. This is amazing. I preached this for years. Do you know 86% of people who served Jesus had an encounter with him before the age of 15? 86%. Now, from 15 to 30, 10%. After 30, if you haven't heard about Jesus, had some kind of encounter with Him, by the time you're 30, you have a 4% shot of getting saved. What does that tell you? When they're young is the best time. Why? That's the most impressionable time. That's when the, 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 their, their ideas are being established. And that's the best time to reach them with the Word of God. I think that's why Gospel Bill was so powerful. We taught the principles of the Word. but We taught them on a child's level. We did... The Gospel Bill show was like parables. If you've never seen it, if you can if you most of you remember this, the Gospel Bill show was kind of like the Andy Griffith show got saved. It was like Gospel Bill was Andy and Nicodemus was Barney Fife and Elmer Barnes was Gomer and Aunt B was Miss Lana. And my girlfriend was my wife. I mean my wife is still my girlfriend. Uh, she was Trudy Lou's, so like Thelma Lou, okay? We didn't plan on doing that, but that's just the way it worked out. But we told modern-day parables with our characters, and kids learned the Word. When my dad was old, he got saved later in life. He did go to church some, but he didn't know much about God. As he got older, he you know, you, 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 don't, you don't learn as much. But he loved to watch the Gospel Bill show. And I believe he got more word out of that. I think that's so cool, as he was older than anywhere else. See, kids need to be saved. They need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. They say, I don't know, Brother Kim, i got a video I want to show you this morning. And I want you to see how much, you guys got that video ready? I want you to see how much uh, word this little boy has in him at three years old.
3: And they were in the same country, step birds abiding in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And lo, the angel of the wind came upon him, and the glory of the wind shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And there, and the angel then said unto them, Fear not, I bring good tidings to good, I good tidings to good joy. Would it be to all people? city and the city of David, which is Christ the Lord, and 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 this should be a sign unto you. You shall find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, wine, and manger, and dealing with the angel a multitude of the heavy heart, praying God, saying, Glory to God in the highest, and honor, peace, the real toy man." <laughs>
1: is that awesome? That's my grandson, Gus. <laughs> Gus got saved when he was four? Three, yeah. Yeah, he's four, yeah. His, his, his dad led him to Christ. He's six now. That was a, a couple of years back. His dad, back in the spring, prayed with him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That, in fact, when he was praying with him one night before he went to sleep, he was praying with him at bedtime. He said, Gus, would you like to be filled with the Spirit? So he's praying with him, and then they FaceTimed us on our our iPad to to let us know. He lives in Dallas. He's a children's pastor in Dallas at Gateway Church. And uh, he wanted to let us know that Gus had gotten filled with the Spirit. And so he FaceTimes us. His little face comes up, and I hear Josh say, Dad, Gus just got filled with the Holy Spirit, and I told him Nana and Pawpaw could pray in a secret language just like he did. And so he wants to hear you pray. So we get on FaceTime, and we just prayed in our language, you know? And he just, he just giggled and laughed. and said, that's awesome, Papa. <laughs> so innocent, so sweet. Well, I don't know. Well, a month or so later, they came to Tulsa. And me and Gus are running around my pickup. We're driving down the road, and I said, hey, Gus, you're filled with the Spirit, right? He said, uh-huh. I said, okay, let, why don't me and you pray in the Spirit till, till we get to this next street over here? Just, you know, a couple of minutes. He said, okay, Papa. And instantly... Because his mom and dad are training him to do this. He puts his little hands like this and starts praying in his language. And I'm listening to him. Now, you heard he can't say his W very well. He's getting better because he's six now. But he's whapped in a swatowing quos, whining in a an mangel. <laughs> I'm listening to him praying the Spirit. Yeah. And I hear him rolling his R's like perfect Spanish. Yeah. And it blew my mind. I thought, I mean, you know it's real. But I thought, that's real. He can't do that. Yeah. Kids need to be saved, filled with Spirit, trained in the Word. They get more than you think. Think about our great men of God, like, like Brother Hagin and Lester Summerall. All these men had encounters with Jesus when they were young. It's very important. They need the Word. And then number three, I'll close with this one. Here's the, the, the third fallacy. Kids are too immature to experience God's power and anointing. Turn to Matthew chapter 21. Kids need to experience God's power and anointing, even when they're small. It's the best time. In fact, Jesus commends it here. Matthew 21, 15. Now, you know the story. Jesus comes into Jerusalem right before the cross, right? This is the last triumphant entry. The people are saying, Hosanna to the Son of David as He comes in. He cleans out the temple, kicks out the money changers, straightens out the house of God, and then the power of God begins to flow, Right? You know, when the house begins to get ready, then God's power will flow. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, the Bible said that the, the lame, uh, the blind and the lame, is that what it says? Yeah. I don't have that in, the, in my notes, but I think it's blind lame, came to him and he healed them. So the power of God's flowing. Miraculous things are happening. But look at verse, verse 15. It says, and when the chief priests and scribes, that's the religious people of the day, okay? But when they saw, they saw two things. The wonderful things that he did, the miraculous And the children crying in the temple, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David, they were sore displeased. That's King James. That means they got hot about it. They got all upset. You hear, they didn't like the miracles. Trudy was healed from a, uh, she had crossed eyes growing up, she had a birth defect in her brain, that when she took a fall at three years old, it triggered this birth defect, and her eyes were crossed the master her vision up. You know, when she got saved and filled the Spirit, she went to a home prayer meeting one night, and God touched her and healed her. Her eyes went straight. She threw her glasses away. 1971. Awesome. And her eyes, I mean, it was a miracle. Do you know the church that her dad was an elder in called her up one day? They said, Trudy, we hear Jesus healed. That you no. Here's what we hear. You think Jesus healed your eyes? That's the way they said it. She said, "Well, no, I don't think it. I know it. My eyes are healed." She's drunk. She'd grown up in this church. She said, "You know me. You, you know I had trouble with my eyes. Don't you believe this?" And this elder said, "We believe you believe it. Well, we believe those things passed away. So this is a sign from the devil." That's what they said. Said, "If you'll deny this happened, we'll let you come back to church." <laughs> Otherwise, you're not welcome. Yeah. She said, I think I'll find another church. Thank you. See, religion doesn't like miracles. Mm -mm. So miracles. They got upset at miracles. But then look at what else they got upset at. And the children crying in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Children praising the Lord, connecting with Jesus. Right. And they said unto him, do you hear? They really got upset about these kids praising God. You hear what these kids are saying? And Jesus said unto them, I'm paraphrasing some of this. Hey, haven't you ever read the Bible, boys? And then he makes this statement. He's quoting Scripture. He's quoting Psalm 8:2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings has God ordained strength. Hebrew word for strength is praise. Out of the baby's mouth, out of a suckling's mouth. That's why we produce music for little kids, because we're putting praise in their mouth, in their heart when they're little. I hear, I hear all kinds of reports. See, I've been doing this for a long time. We started like a brand new um, uh, 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 project of doing this just a couple of years ago. So we, all these songs are new, and I'm going to play one in a minute. Uh, some songs that my son wrote, some I wrote. Some we redid that I wrote back in the 80s. But uh, I hear all the time people come up and say, I, I remember this song. Brother Ken, I was in trouble one time. And this, your song that I heard when I was seven years old came back to me. That's Praise. That's powerful. And it steals, goes on to say, it steals the enemy and the avenger. You know one of the best things to do when you don't know what to do? Lift your hands up and begin to praise the Lord. Not for the deal, for the answer, for deliverance. See? I got another little story for you, and I'll close with this. My little daughter, when she was six, we moved from the panhandle of Texas to Tulsa. We put her in the first grade. And the school she went to, Victory Christian Center, was bigger. Than the town we came from and she was in a little preschool with like five little kids well now she's in a class like 30 kids and there's kids everywhere my daughter's a sweet little blonde quiet very uh what's the word for brooke baby introspective you know that's the way she is she does she's very she's different than her daddy and uh so we put her in school and uh I, i i took her to school that morning i get to the office i've just started this new job and i get a phone call mr Blunt, yes Your daughter's broke, yes. You need to come pick her up. She's sick. She's throwing up. Really? So I came and got her, put her in the car. We're driving home. Well, we pull out of the parking lot. She's bouncing around the back seat. Seems fine. Gets home, eats lunch. So we're thinking, well, she had a little bug. Next day, took her to school. Same thing. Get to the office, same time. I get the same phone call. Mr. Blunt? Yeah. Your daughter's sick. She's throwing up again. I said, really? He said, yeah, you got to come pick her up. So... You know, I'm starting to think, same thing happened. Pick her up, jumping around the back seat, ate lunch. So something else is going on here, right? And we got to do something because she got to go to school, you know, because she we do not want her to grow up and be stupid like Mr. Dupuis said. So uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking, what can I do? I was just learning about kids and, and how to minister to them. And so I thought, I'm going to do a little skip for my kids. Now, she's six, Josh is two. Uh, so I went in her toy box and I found a couple of her dolls. I found a, a little blonde baby girl, and, and that's going to be her, and then I need a villain. It's hard to find a villain in a six-year-old toys, toy box. I found a lion. He wasn't very mean looking, but he was a lion. So he's going to be the bad guy. So I get behind the couch one night, after supper that night, and I do this little skit. I have this little girl come up.
2: Oh, wow, this is a wonderful day. I'm at my new school. Look at all these people around here. Wow, there's a lot of kids in this school. There must be hundreds of kids. Wow, what if they don't like me? What if they think I'm weird? I'm kind of getting, I'm kind of getting nervous. You know, it makes me. Kn- what if these kids don't like me? And then the, the line comes up. Yeah, kid, they're not gonna like you. Yeah, what if they don't like me? It's a devil, right? Yeah, they're gonna think you're weird and strange. What if they think I'm weird and strange? Yeah, fear, fear, fear. Be afraid, kid. I'm afraid, and I think I'm gonna. You know what? My stomach's getting upset. I think I'm gonna throw up. No! <laughs> yeah, kid, afraid, sick, sick. Yeah, but wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Wait a minute. I remember the Bible says, when I praise the Lord, I run off the devil. No, no, don't say that, kid. Yeah, <laughs> when I praise the Lord, I'm gonna run off the devil. That's what I do. No, don't, don't do that. That's that's dangerous. Don't do that. That they'll think you weird. No, I don't care. My praise runs off the devil. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, no, don't do that, kid. Yes, I'm gonna praise the Lord. <laughs> no, get up. Ah!
1: And the devil leaves. <sighs> <laughs> So I get up from behind the couch. I had more energy back in those days. And, and I say, you know what we need to do as a family? As a family, we just need to get in our living room and praise the Lord. Our kids are six and two. So I put on some praise and worship music on a cassette. Anybody remember cassettes? That's all we had. So we begin to sing, and, this, and we begin to dance around. And Trudy and I set the, the tone. And then the kids, you know, two-year-olds will do whatever the, the parents do and Brooke is dancing, but something began to happen, yeah, that baby. There's an anointing. You could see it begin to change her. And as she's singing and praising God, Trudy and I are kind of settling down, but she's got running around praising God, worshiping him, and it's coming out of her heart. And, uh, you know, we did that for a while, and then I put her to bed. And i never forget, I laid her down in bed, and she looks at me with those little green eyes of hers and that blonde hair, and she said, "Daddy." I'll never be afraid again. Took her to school the next day, right? Put her in class, go to my office, watch the phone. <laughs> 10, 10 30, 11, never call. I don't get the call. Uh, come home that afternoon, Trudy's picked her up. I, I, I walk in, she's dancing around the house. How was school today, honey? Oh, daddy, it was wonderful. She, was just, she told me all about the food she ate and the friends she made, and that thing never happened to her again. Yeah. Broke the back of that fear. Yeah. Fast forward 20 years. She's married now. We're all excited. We're going to have our first grandchild. Her and her husband go to Colorado. They're, they're taking a little time off. We get a phone call. This is before cell phones. Uh, says, uh, Dad, uh, Brooks showing some signs that something's not right with the baby. She's what, six weeks, two months in? So we prayed. We believed God. We go through a few-hour period. Finally, Scott calls and says, well, she lost the baby, made us mad, hurt her feelings. You know how that goes. But a uh, little while later, called her back, just checking up on her. I think we'd talked to her by then. But uh, I got Scott again in the room, and I said, Hey, Scott, let I, I, me ask you, how's she doing? Because it's tough. They were so excited about this baby. He said, Well, I just want you to know she's in the bathroom right now, and I can hear her, and she's in there singing and praising God. In the middle of her trouble. She learned at six, praise the runoff, the devil. A year later, she had a baby. Two and a half years later, she had another one. She got one in heaven. Let me tell you something. Our kids need spiritual experiences with God. You, this is not just for church. This is for your house in your life when stuff happens to you. Close your eyes. I know there's people here this morning fact in my heart I know I think there's somebody here that needs to be saved this morning you need to you need to come to Christ he wants to change your life uh, I think there are people here this morning though that you're having some difficulty with your family maybe you got some kids maybe you're thinking brother Ken I I didn't put the word in my kids I got saved later in life and or my grandchildren we're having some issues and I want you to know this morning that praise praising God is the strength you need your praise is your strength God wants to inhabit your praise. you got to just make a stand of faith and then thank God that He's working in that situation. He can do all sorts of things in the middle of of hell. (laughs) Amen? Amen. But you have to believe it. Amen. So here's what we're going to do. This is probably a little bit different altar call, all right? Everybody look at me. I want to play you one of my kids' praise and worship songs. This is a kicking song. And, And as we're singing this, I just want you to release your faith that God's going to work on your situation. Maybe it's your marriage, whatever. And when I come back up, we're going to give an altar call. If you don't know Christ, we're going to give you a chance to do that, to lead you to Jesus this morning, to rock your life. So, Brother Ken, this is a kid's song. Yes, it's a kid's song. You're going to have to dumb down this morning. You ready for this? But this is a powerful song. We were just in Zimbabwe, and we sang this song quite a few times with the people in this big church three thousand people and those zimbabweans they are not shy men they were rocking and moving and so you, you can do that if you want to if you're too old and white you don't have to but you know what i mean well one thing i want everybody to do stand up on your feet right now this song says i believe in jesus we're gonna rock the house with it then i'm gonna come back make it loud They say I will follow God's way He can
2: by my side, I'll always win I believe in Jesus, I know
1: that he loves me I believe he's coming back, he's coming back again I'm running the race you set for me Living in grace that made me free Finding my place in His story. Hallelujah, come on, shout and rejoice Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm new here, but a little lady just went flying through here. Did you see that? You said she was out off her walker doing that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. If you have rheumatoid arthritis, come up here right now. God's going to touch your life right now. Come on. Rheumatoid arthritis. (laughs) Don't miss out on this one if you've got that. But you just have a little arthritis when you get older, Brother Ken. No, you don't. That's of the devil. Healings of God. I'm going to touch you right now. You ready, Brother? Listen, it's going to change. You believe that? In the name of Jesus. Touch our brother. In the name of Jesus. I curse I curse that arthritis in your body. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, heal this lady right now, Father. I thank you for it. Hallelujah. Lord, you told us to lay hands on people with arthritis, and you would touch them. We are obedient. Arthritis, where's it, where's it at? In your hands? Really? Wow. You ready to receive? Praise God. Thank you, Father, for a miracle of God. Our brother this morning by your great power in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Is that you running around? i <laughs> You fell when you were dancing?
2: Yeah, in the back.
1: Okay. 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 Amen. Lord, we pray for her. We we curse this. She's dancing because she's free. <laughs> Give her final, complete healing in your body right now. You ready? Touch her, Lord, in Jesus' name right now. By your power. By your power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I heard this this in my heart. Heart valve. You have a heart valve issue. Come up here right now. Who is that that has a heart valve issue? Is that you, sir? Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this heart valve working perfectly now. Heal it. Fix what needs to be fixed. I curse that leak and I thank you for a creative miracle touching him right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. There it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you don't know Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, come up here right now. We're going to pray for you, lead you to Christ. Come stand right over here. Just run up here right now. Come on. Lord, we curse that heart murmur in his body, in his heart. Thank you for supernaturally touching him today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yep, yep, yep. There it is, right there. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can I pray for you? Anybody else want to join Matt? He's going to get born again this morning. Isn't this awesome? (laughs) Anybody else? What a, what a, what a thing. Everything's gonna change. Jesus loves you, man. He died for you when you were at your worst. He did his best. And the Bible said, if you believe that in your heart, you believe that, and then you declare it, that I means you say it. It's not a magic formula, but a miracle will happen when you mean it, and He'll come in your life.
4: Last
1: week he was a person have been to church. Is that right? First time he's been to church in 14 years. Pray this prayer with me. You ready? It'll change forever. Heavenly Father, I believe Jesus is your son. He came to the earth. He died on the cross for me. I believe that. But I believe he rose from the dead. The life that he gives, I receive. From this moment forward, I am saved. I am born again. Brand new start. I receive it. Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome, man. Give me five. Pastor.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We trust that you enjoyed the message. We invite you to join us at our weekly services here at Island Church. Sunday morning service at 8.30 a.m. John patrol. Sunday school at 10 a.m. Sunday mid-morning service at 10.45 a.m. Sunday night service at 7 p.m. Tuesday night prayer at 7:30 p.m. Wednesday night service at 7:30 p.m. We are located at 2411 69th Street Galveston, Texas. You can contact us by phone at 409-770-9113. We look forward to seeing you there.